Can you get, get excited about the reference of Mark 11? <laughs> Sister Gretchen was just talking to us about that account in Mark 11, about where Jesus spoke to the fig tree. So interesting that Jesus spoke to, uh, you know, and what you'd call an inanimate object. I know it's a tree's a living thing, but it doesn't have ears, that I, physical ears, but evidently it heard what Jesus said because it did exactly what he told it to do. And, uh, you know, it's amazing to me how medical science now, secu- the secular world, the academic, uh, academic world has, is catching up uh, about the power of words. And yet so many Christians don't seem to get it yet. But we're getting it, aren't we? Praise God in our camp and our company and our church. I declare we're getting it. Amen. We're getting it. Amen. And uh, I'm going to do my best to not do any review. Sometimes I take a lot of time reviewing what I talked about before. and That's good and necessary sometimes. But I've got a lot of new material I want to get to. So, of course, uh, we've been in a series. I, uh, I show this is the ninth teaching in this series that we've called Following Jesus. And we're in a section now that we're focusing on following Jesus in faith. In other words, we are to have faith like He did. And that's not my opinion or my word. Let's read this here. In the aftermath of what Peter pointed out about what happened to the fig tree after Jesus uh, spoke to it, in verse number 22, it says in Mark 11, And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. And of course we know from our study in the Greek and different translations that really what he said, the more literal way to say this is that Jesus said, Have the God kind of faith. Well, I don't know what you think or believe, but I believe that God is just, that He's fair. Do you? And what that means is, is that I believe that if God says, have it, do something, that I have the ability to do it. So as new it may, as it may be as a concept for us to think about having the same kind of faith that Jesus walked in when He multiplied the loaves and fishes, when He walked on water, when He raised Lazarus from the dead, when He spoke to the wind and the waves in a raging storm and the wind immediately ceased and the sea became calm. Come on! When He told a man with a withered hand, stretch forth thine hand, and immediately He stretched it forth and it became whole as the other. These were things that Jesus did by faith under the anointing and power of the Holy Spirit. Well, we have the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had. We didn't get a lesser Holy Spirit. We have the same Spirit. Amen. And this tells us that we have access to the same faith. In fact, I looked up this word have, and I was shocked to find out that it literally means the ability to possess. So he's saying here, have the God kind, or he's saying to Peter and to James and Bartholomew and Matthew and all of them there that day, you have, I have given you the divine ability to hold in your hand the God kind of faith. Now, if that doesn't wet your whistle, you came in a little empty this morning. I mean, God is saying, son, daughter, I have given you the divine means, the ability by which you can hold and possess and operate in the very same faith that God used 
to create the sun, the moon, the stars, all the galaxies. It was by faith that God said, let there be light. And there was light. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm going to have to move on. But if you don't get that, you need to soak in that scripture. And you need to ask Jesus and the Holy Spirit to enlighten your heart to this truth that I can, I really can have the God kind of faith. Amen. And really, if you're a genuine born again child of God, you do have it. Because Romans chapter 12, don't turn there, but Romans 12 verse 3 says that God has, past tense, dealt unto every man the measure of faith. Hallelujah. Now it's up to us to learn how to use the God kind of faith. Just because you have it in your hand, I can hold a tool in my hand that I don't know how to use. Amen. And so we have access to the divine uh, faith of God that raised the dead, healed the sick, all those wonderful things. Amen. You know, Jesus even tapped into His faith, amen, and the power of God and paid taxes supernaturally. Didn't He? He and Peter. So will faith pay your taxes? It can. What is, what is the limit to this God kind of faith? The only limit you put on it, the Bible says, with God all things are possible. And then Jesus said in another place, all things are possible to the one who believes. Amen. Now go over with me to Romans chapter 10. And we're going to look and uh, drill down this morning. Amen. I, I can tell already you're with me. I believe we can get somewhere wonderful in the spirit. Romans chapter 10. You know, my spiritual father, Dr. Jacobs, he stands in the office of the prophet, very proven ministry, been in the ministry over 40 years. And, uh, you know, he, he uh, and others like him, like Brother Hagin would say, we never get away from the foundation. We've got to preach and to teach the foundation over and over and over and over and over again. Amen. And Satan hates this message of faith. He'll do everything he can to ridicule and marginalize those who live it and those who preach it. You know, maybe you've heard it, name it and claim it, and blab it and grab it and all that kind of stuff. That's, that's dangerous talk because you may think you're being cute and funny, but you're really mocking what Jesus said. He is the one that said in Mark eleven twenty three, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he or she says to the mountain will come to pass... He will have, she will have whatsoever he... You, you ought to not mock that. It's Jesus who said that. It wasn't Kenneth Hagin that said it. It wasn't some flaming Pentecostal preacher that said it. It was Jesus that said it. Amen. I don't want to be caught in the camp of mocking Jesus. <laughs> Amen. So remember he said, have it. Or I've given you the divine ability to possess it. Well, what is that divine means? Well, it's here in Romans chapter 10. Many people that I've come across in life, in ministry, being in pastoring for 17 years now in my 18th year, my wife and I, is that people become very discouraged and they have this, they believe this lie that they can't get past this thing in their life, this disease, this pain, this problem, because they lack the faith. They don't have the faith and they don't feel like they can get it or have it. Listen, friend, don't believe that lie. 
Don't believe that lie. Believe God's Word above your thoughts, above your feelings, above your emotions. You're not going to make it if you don't elevate the authority of the Word of God above what you think, above what you feel, above what you see. It's what God says that matters. The great Smith Wigglesworth wrote in his Bible one time, I understand. He said, God said it. I believe it. That settles it. And it wouldn't be a bad thing or plagiarism for you to write that amen in your own Bible. If God said it, then I believe it. And that settles it. There is no debate about it. Amen. And so within the grasp of every believer, God has given a faith factory. There's a faith factory. You know, to say, oh my God, I just, oh, I, I, I'm not going to make it. I'm going to be overcome because I don't have the faith. That's like saying, I, I, I used the last drop of creamer. I'm never going to have any more creamer. I can't drink any more coffee again. I'm going to have to start liking it black because I don't have any more creamer. Well, listen, not having creamer is a crisis in my home. I don't know about your home, but that is a legitimate crisis. But, you know, if I run out of creamer and I have, will again soon, what could I do? Just go to the store, right? Just go to the store. Just get you some more. They're making creamer every day. They're stocking the shelves with French vanilla every day. Hazelnut or whatever you like. Listen, if you feel like you don't have the faith you need, Go to the faith store. Amen. I'm going to teach you today about the faith store. Yes. And you can have the faith to do whatever it is God ever tells you to do. You can have the faith to receive every good thing you read about in the Bible. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. God is good, I'm telling you. Well, let's, let's not waste any more time. Let's look at the scripture that tells us about the faith store, the faith factory. Look at verse number 17 of Romans 10. It says, so then faith cometh. Do you see that? Faith cometh by hearing. Now the word cometh is uh, in italics in my Bible, probably is in yours. Meaning that it was not in the original Greek text, that it was originally given in by the Spirit. Um, so you really only have the word by, faith by, faith by hearing. Well, you look up that little word by and it means that faith has a source or faith springs forth from a wellspring. It has an, a place of origin. And what's the word after by? Hearing. Hearing. Everyone say hearing. hearing. Amen. Faith, and it's a good word, comes, right? It helps us to understand it in our English language. Faith comes, amen, by hearing. Creamer comes by the going to the store, <laughs> right? Coffee comes. It can come by Amazon. It can come by whatever. I mean, it comes. But it, there's a means by which these things come. You know, I don't know what people are thinking. I, I'm not questioning people's sincerity. But I think that some people have the idea, uh, Mom Martha, that, uh, that God's got a little faith wand. And whoever He deems to favor, He dings them on the head. And now they have faith. Ding, you got faith for finances. But I'm not giving you any faith for healing. Ding, here's faith for healing, but I'm not giving you any faith for finances. No, listen, faith is available. He has dealt, Romans 12, 3, He has dealt unto every man, that means man or woman, every believer, the measure of faith. 
Amen. You need to accept that Bible truth. And it comes, if I want faith for healing, can I have faith for healing? Absolutely, you can have faith for healing. Well, what do I need to do? Faith, Faith for healing springs forth from the origin of hearing. You could have faith for finances. Maybe you struggle financially. Maybe you've struggled uh, receiving supply for your family or for your finances. Well, you can increase your faith. You can have a greater faith to receive God's promises concerning finances or anything you read about in the Bible, but it's going to come by hearing. Well, then that must tell you, I hope, what it tells me, that hearing is vitally important. Hearing is vitally important. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today is the importance of hearing. Amen. Listen to the uh, message translation of this verse. The message translation, I'm not a huge fan of this translation, but I like this one. It says, the point is, before you trust, you have to listen. Before you trust, you have to listen. This is really the spiritual key. You won't be able to trust until you listen. Yeah. It's so vitally important what you listen, the message you surround yourself with. Amen. Now, I've seen believers, they, maybe they get married or they make a decision, they're going to move away, not, not just from my church, but from a church who preaches faith real strong. And they're going to join themselves to a precious body of believers, but they don't teach the authority of the believer, being filled with the Spirit, uh, uh, prosperity, uh, how to have answered prayer, uh, bold faith, healing for your body, divine protection. They don't, and they know it, and they know that they don't preach it, but they, they think in their mind, well, I know these things. It's not being around that message, not hearing it, it's not going to hurt me. And you're, you're so, so sweetly but critically mistaken. Because if you think you can be strong in an atmosphere of not hearing, you're, you're, you're now contrary to what Jesus is teaching, what the New Testament teaches. Amen. Now, as a matter of lifestyle, if you want any end, if you like anything you see in my life, I'm not perfect, and I hope you, I hope you wouldn't trade your life for mine. But I am trying to be an example. Amen. I'm trying to. And uh, so one of the things you need to know about me privately is as a matter of lifestyle, as a daily flow, I give my mind and my spirit the privilege of hearing the Word of God preached and taught on vital subjects. Listen, every day of my life. Every day of my life. You may fill your heart with Megan Trainer. I fill my heart with the Word of God. Maybe it's Clint Black. Maybe it's Garth Brooks. Maybe it's, I don't know, Sister Doodad or whoever's out there that's popular right now. Amen. Listen, this is a spiritual law. Everyone listen to me. Faith comes by hearing, and you're going to end up having confidence and believing whatever it is you're hearing. So if you're surrounded with what you're hearing is doubt, Fear, uh, secularism, uh, carnality, sexual-filled stuff, dark stuff, horror stuff. That's what you fill yourself. 
Come on, you're, you're developing faith in something by the law of hearing. So again, I give my spirit and my mind the great privilege of hearing God's Word preached and taught every day of my life. How come? Because that's how faith comes. You know, here's another thing that people uh, can fall into this trap of thinking that are Word of Faith people, that are people who've embraced this message. And that is because they heard in the past, that's all the hearing they ever need to do. That's like saying, because I bought one bottle of creamer, I will never need any more. You realize that faith is like finances in the sense that faith is not a bottomless pit. It's not a self-recharging battery. You spend faith, and when you spend faith, you have to go get some more. So just because you heard a concentrated time of faith in the Word of God on healing five years ago does not mean you have a vibrant faith for healing right now. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. And I never want to be without healing. I never want to be without divine protection. I never want to be without divine supply. I never want to be without a strong revelation of I am of who I am in Christ. And because I want all those things to be vibrant, strong, and fresh in my life, then I'm going to hear it every day. I hear it at the treadmill, at the gym. I hear it in my car. I hear it while I shave, when I'm in the shower. If I've got idle time, you just know what I'm doing. If I'm not praying or studying... Now, do I watch television? Sure I do. I like crime shows if they're not wild and out, and, out there intense. I like SEAL Team. I, you know, I like it. I like, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not in a prayer closet all day. Amen. But I'm telling you, every day of my life I do certain things. Every day of my life I say certain things. The best way for your heart, your spirit to hear is to hear you say it. Every day, every day of my life, I say I am kept by the power of God in every arena, spiritually, mentally, physically, financially, socially, relationally, my kids, my marriage, my ministry, everyone connected with me in life and ministry. That would be you if you are. Amen. We are kept. God, that's 1 Peter 1, 5. Every day of my life, I say that. Are you all with me? Because you've been around this message a long time, don't get prideful thinking, yeah, I know that, yeah, I know that. I wish you'd get me on that and preach something deeper. Because I, I mingle among the sheep well enough to know you ain't got this yet. Not like we should. I get around you and I hear what you say. Come on. The Weist translation, Dr. Kenneth Week was a, a Weist was a Greek scholar and he has a translation in the New Testament. He translates this verse this way. So then faith comes out of the source of that which is heard. Now, listen, and we'll get to some of this in healing school this afternoon, I'm sure, but not, not a single one of us, I, I would bet, have escaped being touched in a very deep and painful, intimate way. Uh, our, our lives touched by sickness, disease, death, tragedy of some type. And we need to take this seriously. Amen. Satan walks about every day like a roaring... He's not a lion, but like a lion. First Peter said, walking about seeking whom he may devour. 
His goal, according to John 10.10, Jesus said He comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Listen, when you see stuff out there happen, and it's stealing, you were stolen from, maybe your mama, your grandma, your daddy, your finances, your home, your car, God didn't do that. Now, I'm going to teach you on that extensively this year, on the authority. God didn't do that. God's not out killing babies. God didn't take your mama from you at 35. It's Satan who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So if it fits in that category, if it was stolen, if it's stealing, killing, if it's destructive, it's the devil behind it. The measure that Jesus has given us to counter that, uh, those forces that are arrayed against us, amen, is faith in His Word. Faith in His Word. Remember what Paul said about the armor of God? He said, and above all, taking the shield of faith. Come on, the shield of faith. By which you're going to do what with that shield of faith? You're going to quench, which means to extinguish or put out all the fiery darts of the enemy. You know when the sniffles show up? Fiery dart. You know when finances get tight? Fiery dart. You know when your kids start acting a fool? Fiery dart. Amen? The enemy works in circumstances when disease hits your body, fiery dart. When the assault begins on your mind and your emotions, fiery dart. And if you go, if you make fun of this whole faith message, then you don't have a shield of faith. And you're walking around, if we could see you in the spirit with all these fiery darts sticking out. You don't look real pretty. You got all these fiery darts, right? But if you'll learn to raise up that shield of faith, bless God. Have a little bit of a warrior mentality and not just a, you know, have a spine like a crowbar instead of like a wet noodle. Amen. And realize what you have, you can quench not 50% of them, not most of them. You can quench all the fiery darts of the enemy with your shield of faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, where's the shield shop? It's in the hearing. Do you hear me, friend? It's in the hearing. It's in the act of hearing. So again, I want to ask you, how important must it be that we hear? How important must it be what we hear? Go over to Mark chapter 4, and let's spend a minute or two looking at some things that Jesus Himself, remember this series is called Following Jesus, that Jesus Himself said about hearing. Jesus has a lot to say about hearing. Now, understand that your ear is a, not the, it is one of the gateways, the access points to your spirit. You are a spirit like God. You have a soul made up of your mind, will, and your emotions. And you live in a body. You're not that body. I'm not that body. I just live in this body. To be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord. In other words, I can be absent from the body and I'm still me. But faith must be, uh, God's word must be like a seed deposited into your spirit. It must be planted like a seed into the soil of your heart. Amen. And the way you access the soil of your spirit is, is the different gateways. Now, what are the gateways to your spirit? There's three that I know of. Your mouth, your eyes, 
in your ears. Amen. Now, a gateway is a gateway is a gateway. And you're the one that's deciding who gains entrance. So if you're addicted to pornography, and we're, we're helping people with that, we're not coming against them. We're helping people get free from that this year in our church. Amen. You think about the gateway of the eye and how that must defile and affect the person who's hooked on that, right? Thank God there's forgiveness and power to deliver and all of that. Amen. But we must guard the gateway of our spirit. And our ears is one of those gateways. Amen. So in Mark chapter 4, let's begin reading in uh, verse number 14. Now he already told the parable in the previous verses. But the disciples didn't understand it. And in private, they asked him to explain it to them. And that's what we'll read. And uh, Jesus said, actually, and we'll begin reading in verse number 14 of Mark 4. Here Jesus said, the sower sows the word. Well, I'm not going to preach this, but can you, can you see then that the word acts like a seed then? Now, nobody that I know of has the expectation that they could take a seed kernel of anything and instantly have a full-grown harvest. Seed indicates a process. To, to have and acquire faith that moves mountains, faith that receives miracles, faith that appropriates the promises of God, it's a process. The Bible calls the seed the incorruptible, the Word of God is the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. So he said, sow it. Now, how do you sow the Word? I'm sowing it right now. You sow the Word by lifting it off the voices of the, the pages of the Bible and it is spoken. Amen. And the way the ground of your heart opens up to receive it is by hearing. You all with me so far? Okay. The sower sows the Word and these are they uh, by the wayside. This is what I'm going to call, these are wayside hearers, if you're taking notes. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have, now notice the word heard, hearing is mentioned. When they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. How was it sown? It was spoken, that's the sower, and it was heard, that's the one that's got the soil. Notice Satan must have an idea of how important hearing is because he's present to steal the seed of what you heard. Okay, I'm going to elaborate on that further. Let's keep reading. Verse 16 says, And these are they, likewise, which are sown on stony ground. And so these are stony ground hearers, who when they have heard the word, notice the word heard again is mentioned. Immediately they receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves. They only endure for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises, notice, why does it arise? For the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns. This is the thorny ground hearer. Such as, here it is again, hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things entering in choke the word and it, the word, becomes unfruitful. 
And these are they which are sown on good ground. These are good ground hearers, such as, circle it again, hear the word. Are you with me? They hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. Hallelujah. Skip down to verse 23. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And he said unto them, now notice this, very important. Take heed what you hear. I would encourage you to judge yourself honestly and seriously about you as a person, as a matter of lifestyle. What are you hearing? Even if what you're hearing is benign forms of entertainment, you're still occupying all that space with nothing. Instead of giving yourself to something that would bless your life. Hallelujah. So he said, take heed what you hear. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you. And you that hear shall more be given. Let me read that 24th verse to you in the Amplified. I hope you all are not getting bored. Amen. We're not going to stay much longer. Hallelujah. We're doing great on time. Hang with me. Verse 24 in the Amplified. And Jesus said to them, Be careful what you are hearing. See, when you go to church, you're visiting a church, maybe you're shopping around. I hope you found it. You know, no need to shop any further. Hallelujah. But, you know, think about what people are looking at. Oh, do I like this paint color? Do I like how they handled me as I walked in? What's that nursery like? Sure hope my kids have a good time. Think about all the criteria, and I'm not saying they're unimportant, but think about all the criteria most people are thinking about. What you ought to be thinking about is what am I hearing? Amen? Because a lot of places, it's not in, a lot of, God bless them, it's not what they're saying, it's what they're not saying. It's all fluff and cotton candy. Oh, I like chocolate. I like ice cream. But during the day, I want some substance somewhere along the day. Yeah, I want some meat and some taters, some vegetables, right? I want something that's going to bless me and help me and strengthen me and sustain me. And I, I need to work in some, some good feeling, good tasting, you know, stuff too. Right? But some people, they only want to go to churches where you hear the fluff stuff. They don't want to hear anything in the neighborhood of, you mean I have a role to play in whether I'm healed or not? Oh, they don't want to. We like no fault, no responsibility Christianity. God is sovereign, and if God wants me to have it, bless God, I'll have it. And if that's stage four cancer, then bless God, I'll have it. Nothing's up to me, bless God. That's goofy thinking. And most of what you're going to have in life is stealing, killing, and destroying from the devil. So he said to them, be careful what you are hearing. The measure, here's, listen to this, the measure of thought and study you give 
to the truth you hear will be the measure of the virtue or power and knowledge or revelation that comes back to you. So how much power does any one person get out of the Word? How much revelation does any one person receive out of the Word? Well, if God wants me to know it, I'll know it. No, the differences in power that believers are walking in, the differences in knowledge of spiritual things and revelation is not a reflection of the will of God from heaven. It is a reflection of how much effort you as an individual are giving to the thought, study, and meditation of the truth you hear. Amen. Amen. That's good. And <laughs> I could meddle here a little bit, and I might. Because people want strong faith with little or no effort. And when you see a man or a woman, whether in the ministry or just a a lay person, that's got strong faith in some area, you know they have given themselves to the study, to the meditation, to the sowing of that seed. Hallelujah. If if you've been in the body of Christ for any, any large number of years... Amen. We're all at different stages and we have to progress, sure enough. But you've been in the body of Christ 20 years. You had your chance to be led by God to get around the right message where you could have faith to receive the vital things that you need to receive. I was a denominational boy growing up. A good church. Good church. But they didn't preach that it was God's will to heal. They didn't preach the authority of the believer. They didn't preach the baptism with the Holy Spirit. We didn't know anything about the anointing. And yet, listen, I'm being sincere. Like everyone else, I'm assuming in that church is sincere. And I don't know about everybody else, friends. All I can tell you is is about me. And God loved me. He loved me. One day I stood up in the balcony of that church and I heard the Word of the Lord in my heart. I heard it like... Someone said it, if you want all I have for you, son, you're going to have to let me lead you on from here. In other words, he's being faithful to me. He wants me to have faith for all that I need to have, but I'm not going to get it here at that church because they're not, faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. So see, I followed him. I didn't set aside what he said because I didn't want to rock the boat. I didn't want to leave my family. I didn't want to make any changes. He showed me where to go. I went and I sat there for two years shaken not under the power of God but in sheer reverence and gratitude. Oh my God, where have I been all my life? To hear such good news. And it's all in the Bible. God does not love me any more than He loves any one of you or any one of your family members. He will no doubt has, if you look back, endeavored to get you the right book, the right preacher. Come on. I'm just going to preach this a minute. In in Acts chapter 10, we have a pagan Roman Gentile military man. But he's got honor. And he loves God. He doesn't know God, but he wants to. And he's seeking God earnestly. And he, uh, he favors the Jews. And he's a man who gives alms. And he's praying one day. He's not praying like we pray. He doesn't have a relationship with God. He is not born again. He's a pagan Roman soldier. But he is praying. And his prayers ascend 
Read it. Acts 10. His prayers and his almsgiving, his giving to the poor, goes up and speaks to God. And God from heaven says something like, get down there, angel. It says an angel appeared to him from God. And that angel, angels don't preach the gospel. But that angel told him, send men to Joppa. Ask for a guy named Peter. Send for him to come. And he will come and tell you what you need to hear. A few days later, Peter is there. Do you see that God moved in a supernatural way? He sent an angel from heaven to get this man who was hungry to help him find the right preacher. What if he'd blown it off, got busy and didn't go? Well, faith for salvation may never have come. Even though he loves God with all his heart, he's being sincere. Faith comes by hearing and he heard Peter preach good news about Jesus and he and his family received and then the Holy Ghost fell on them and they all spoke with tongues and magnified God. Faith comes by hearing. If you want to be healed, you've got to hear healing. You're not going to have faith for healing, hearing stuff like God will sometimes put sickness on you to teach you something. Or healing passed away. If that's what you hear constantly, that's what you're going to believe. And that's what's going to rob you of your healing. Not God deciding no. Amen. I'm doing good preaching. Let's try to summarize this and finish this up. Now here's what Jesus is saying here in Mark 4. And this is what we must understand. When the Bible says faith comes by hearing, He doesn't mean that faith is automatically there. It's going to be present and operate just because a sound goes out of someone's mouth and it registers on the organ of your ears. Because if that were true, all of you'd have faith. All of you'd have faith and all of you'd be healed and all of you'd have your finances. But you don't. Here's what Jesus. Here's what we need to understand. Not all hearing is equal. Now, trying to summarize, thinking through the passage we just read, we have a wayside hearer, we have a uh, a stony ground hearer, we have a, a thorny ground hearer, and we have what Jesus called a good ground hearer. What are the common denominators? We have four different, four different things going on, but there's a common denominator in each of them. The two things that are common. They both were exposed to the truth, to the Word of God. Someone spoke, preached, or taught, so the seed was sown. Then they all, evidently the ear registered, right? They heard the sound. But notice you get four different results. And really, out of the four, 75%, three out of four, don't do anything with it. They produce no fruit. So do you see, not all hearing is equal. Now wives, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about, right wives? You say something to your husband. You know that the sound registered on the ear. 
But how many of you have said, Honey, you're not hearing me. Kevin knows what I'm talking about. I've been in this guilty boat myself. My ear hurt, and Amber will go, what did I say? And I'll have my head will go down because I know I'm not going to be able to recite what she just said. My ears heard the sound, but I didn't bring any effort to really grab it. Oh, hallelujah. I'm in your business now, aren't I? Come on, how many wives you can say amen? amen? Not all hearing is equal, is it? Come on. <laughs> so very quickly, look at this uh, about the wayside hearer. In the Greek, that word wayside means highway side. So the picture you would get is driving out here on Highway 60 as you get out here and you throw seed out on that shoulder. You know what that shows? That shows utter disregard for seed. Because there can't be any expectation that I just throw seed out onto the curb on the shoulder of this highway and get a harvest. What is the wayside hearer? Someone who, maybe they were drugged to church. They're there to please their wife. They're there for some reason, but their ears heard it. Or maybe they're there and they were interested, but the message took a turn and it crossed their religious, pet their religious fur backwards. And see, the wayside here, what they do is they immediately dismiss. They just dismiss what they heard. They don't count it. They don't regard it. They have no value for it. They don't, they don't care to hear it. They don't, they, their ears heard it, but they're not listening. They have no intention. That's a wayside hearer. Then you have the uh, stony ground. Now the thing that differentiates the stony ground from the wayside is when they hear it, they get excited. You study that phrase out. I'm not going to take time to do it. But in different translations it says, they immediately receive the word with gladness. In other words, they receive it with great enthusiasm. These are the people that come to church. They hear. They're listening. They're excited. They shout amen. They wave a Pentecostal hanky. They may even run around the church. Oh my God, that is so wonderful. But they don't leave and do anything. They were excited about it. But by the time lunch is over on Sunday afternoon, they can't tell you what I preached. And they don't do any with, anything with it all week long. How many? A lot of you are in this boat. A lot of you are uh, stony ground hearers. Don't do anything with what's preached. You heard the right message. You're around the right thing. You received it with gladness. You got excited about it. But you didn't do anything. And when you don't do anything further with what you heard initially, you don't get on the podcast and hear it again. You don't take notes. You don't look up the Scriptures. You don't meditate it. You don't apply the principles to your life. You don't change. If you think anything's going to change in your life, you're deceived. Notice that yes... The seed got a little bit deeper than the highway side hearer. But because there's no established root in your heart on that word, the enemy's going to bring some trouble. 
He's going to bring some life pressures. He's going to, you know, your, your, your wife's going to act squirrely, or you're going to, your, your job's going to change. Or, and it says he brings a little bit of pressure, a little bit of affliction, a little bit of trouble for the word's sake, and they immediately throw in the towel. They give up. See, it's not enough to hear it and get excited about it. You've got to take the word you hear and get it rooted into your heart. You can say amen or oh me. It's true anyway. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Then you have the thorny ground here. Now, the thorny ground here, does he hear? He hears. What happens to him? It says, oh boy, a lot more of us are in this group. The cares of this life. Well, did you do anything with what I preached last week? Well, Pastor, you know, I meant to. I really did. But I got so busy with Mama and Grandpa and Daddy and work and this and that and this happened and the car broke down. La, 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 la. The cares of this life. Yeah. Read your Bible this week. Pray this week. Well, you know, man, it's been tight financially and I, I'm going, I've took on another shift. He called it the deceitfulness of riches. The lust of other things. You could just say the cares the pressures of daily life, the distractions of this age. You know what I really meant to, but that darn cell phone, I'm so addicted to it. Yeah, you are. This kind of here, what happens to the Word? All of the stuff that happens out there when you leave enters in and it just chokes out the Word. It just chokes it out like weeds overtaking a garden. And you have to actively keep stuff at bay. You have to keep those weeds at bay come garden time, right? So that you can protect that seed, let it root and grow up and produce a harvest. Notice we've covered three types of hearers. They all heard. None of them get any fruit out of what they heard. Well, then faith didn't come by hearing. Not all hearings equals what I want you to see before we leave. Not all hearings equal. Jesus said the measure of thought and study that you give to the word you hear is the measure of the power that's going to come back to you. I know you're not shouting. Amen. Then you got that good ground hearer. And what makes a good ground hearer a good ground hearer? They overcome all of the temptation and all of the stumbling blocks that the other three fell into. They have a regard for that seed. They're not going to just dismiss it out of hand. They regard it. Like the uh, stony ground here, they receive it with gladness. But instead, they're not going to just dismiss it and get busy. They're going to go and do something with what they heard further allowing the roots of that new sprouted seed to go down into their heart. And then they're not going to do what the thorny ground hearer does. They're not going to let the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, the pursuit of money and things, the lust of other things, to enter in and choke out the Word that is to bring faith. Amen? So my conclusion is, is this. You know, Webster, his, his, that's my favorite dictionary, the Webster's 1828 Dictionary. And, and he, he, I look, his definition of what it means to hear, 
is he gives the technical definition to perceive with your ear, to feel an impression of sound on your organ. <laughs> but then notice how he goes on and further defines hear, to give audience or allowance to speak. Right? Then this is the, my favorite. It means to attend, to listen, to obey. Really, Bible hearing is listening with the intention of obeying. So faith that comes by the kind of hearing that takes heed, attends to, regards, and goes out and obeys it, faith comes when you hear like that. Faith comes every time when you hear like that. Your life isn't going to change because your physical ears, Marcus, uh, heard what I said today. If that were true, that's all we'd have to do. And now i got supernatural faith. That's not how it works, right? And so differences are created in Christians' experiences in life. Differences are created in measures of blessing that we walk in. But it's not God from above deciding how much blessing the Spans walk in versus the Southards. We are deciding. We decide by the measure of thought and attention how skillful are we in our hearing. But faith is offered and available to every child of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. It is up to you. Come on, as you stand to your feet.